guys, this is Dylan Richardson. We are back on the Anomaly Students podcast. Uh, today, instead of Will asking the questions, I figured I would ask Will the questions because he has quite a bit to say on today's podcast. What do you think, Will? You're making me sound like I talk too much. No. I have some to say. I wouldn't say quite a bit. I mean, you've got some wisdom for us today. Hey, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. Just share some, some words from the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so today's uh, episode is going to be about the church. What is the church? Why is the church? How is the church? Yeah, all them, them cool things. Um, yeah, so we'll just hop straight into it. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So Mr. Will Stacy, our next generation pastor, what is the church? It's that building uh, on 702 North Main Street yeah. in Huntington, Texas. <laughs> Just that one? Where we gather on Sundays. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I would say that that is what some people would think mm-hmm. when we say, what's the church? They would probably say like exactly what I just told you. But um, the Bible gives us a much different picture of what the church is. And if you look in Ephesians, um, this is read a lot of times at weddings. And then because... It gives us a good standard for what it is to be husband and wife. But if we look at it from the other side of the picture, uh, it's going to give us a good standard and a good view of what is the church. Um, So I'm just going to read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 27. It says this, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So we hear here that the Christ is the head of the church, not your pastor, not uh, some board of deacons. Christ is number one. He is the head of the church. Then it says uh, to their husbands. Then it goes on in verse 25 to say that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. You see, the church isn't just a building. It's not just the group of people that kind of gather together. No, the church is the bride of Christ, meaning that, that one day at the wedding feast in heaven, we're going to be joined with Christ for all eternity. Um, and it uses the example of marriage and I just, I love it because, you know, as a married man myself, I think it's a beautiful picture of what my marriage is supposed to look like. But then if you turn it around and you look at it the other way, you realize, no, this is also a beautiful picture of what Christ did for us. Christ loved us so much that he died for us. Um, while we were still sinners, he died for us. And I think it's awesome to think of Christ as the church, we being the church as a whole, he is our our bridegroom who came to this earth and he, he lived a perfect life. He died for us. And so being a part of the church isn't just this, oh, I go to Huntington First Baptist or, oh, I go to, you know, wherever you go. Um, no, being a part of the church is being a believer, being someone who knows Christ as your Lord and Savior. And no matter where you are, no matter what building you're doing worship in on Sunday mornings, uh, it's important for us to remember that we as the church, we are a part of the body of Christ who one, will one day join him in eternity. And I, you know, I think sometimes we, we forget that part of it and we just go, oh yeah, I go to church here or, or I do you know, some churchy things at this spot. But in reality, the church is all us believers who are going to be joined to Christ one day. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Okay, so I know this is super cheesy, but every time I hear that and think about what the church is, I think of Thor Ragnarok. Whenever Asgard gets destroyed and Thor is like, Asgard is not a place, it is a people. <laughs> would you say that's pretty accurate? I mean, yeah, the church isn't a place, it's a people. I would say, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Thor, Thor got a spot on. <laughs> I mean, you think about the early church in Acts, and they uh, started in Jerusalem, and they were growing, you know. They'd say, oh, then 4,000 were added to their number, and 3,000 were added to their number. And it's like, whoa, that's incredible. People, just big old church going on in <laughs> Jerusalem. But in chapter 7, the church is scattered yeah. after Stephen is stoned in the streets. The church, run, people go, people flee, <laughs> because the Holy Spirit it uses that as a way to get the gospel out. And so, yeah, the yeah. church then becomes uh, spread throughout the world at that point. So, yeah, that's the awesome. church is not just a place. That's definitely people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's really cheesy, but it's perfect. It's good. It works great. <laughs> All right. Okay, so one, uh, the next question. Will, what is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church. Dylan, I'm going to turn it back on you. Okay. When, what do you think that people think that the purpose of the church is? Like, you okay. know, I'm sure that you know the actual answer to this yeah, question. Yeah. Or the answer that we're going to give on the podcast. But no, what, okay. what do you like, uh, what, what do you think people think that the purpose of the church is? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that the church is uh, just a place you go to, you know, celebrate Easter, or Christmas, or Mother's Day. That's a pretty popular one as well. Uh, the church is, is um, I, guess, I guess, like an old school view that the church is like, it's a community of people you can trust. They're good people. Like, you go there and you just see a bunch of nice people and it's a place you go to meet friends kind of thing. Um, but then there's also a view of, like, the church is it's a place evil. It's a place you go to feel... Um, like you're a terrible person. It's a place you go to be judged. Um, yeah, I, I think that those are probably the two mainstream views that I would think people will have or see as um, the purpose of the church. A place to go and feel good or a place to go and be shunned. <laughs> Oof. Man, I hope that's not the view of our church. Still. I agree. Um, <laughs> no, and I, I, I totally get what you're saying that there's some people who've been hurt by the church and they may have a negative view of the church. Some people may say, oh, it's just a club for those people who are like righteous. Yeah. Um, versus what, you know, the church is actually supposed to be. Um, and, you know, like I like to do on the podcast, right? Like we want to get our answers from scripture. So we're going to do, we're going to go to scripture again. Um, because this podcast is all about viewing the world through the lens of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and so let's, let's view the church appropriately through the lens of the scripture. Um, so back in Ephesians, I think Ephesians, I didn't realize how much, Ephesians says about the church, but it makes sense because these are Paul's letters to the churches in these different cities. So in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 11 through 14, here's what it says. It says, uh, And he, he being Jesus, gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, which is the church until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and by deceit, its deceitful schemes. Basically what Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 14 is telling us is like, one of the purposes of the church is to equip believers, right? When you first come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, Hebrews talks about it in this way. He says you're an infant and you need milk, right? You need, uh, you know, when a baby is first born, it has to have milk to survive. It can't, doesn't have teeth. It can't even chew real food yet. Like, so the same is true when you first come to know Jesus. Like, 
you need people constantly pouring into you, giving you easy things to understand, helping you like work through it. And then as the church, uh, as you continue to grow, the purpose of the church is to help you move off of that to the solid food, you know, to the meat, to be able to discern things for yourself. Um, and to eventually, you know, it says to mature manhood. So eventually from a child to a mature adult in your faith so that you can, uh, you know, do it on your own. Like, you know, we're never meant to do our faith by ourselves, but eventually you come to a point where it's like, hey, like, I can go to Scripture and I can look for what God uh, is, is trying to speak to me about. Um, so one of the purposes of the church is to, uh, is to train us up, I would say. Um, another purpose, uh, if, we'll turn, if you want to turn to Acts, uh, we've been in Acts in Sunday school, so for those of you who have been there, um, you've heard this before, but in Acts chapter 2, we're given a picture of what the church looks like, and it gives us some of the, the duties and jobs and purposes of the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right, so that training up we were talking about, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And all came over every soul, and wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day they were attending the temple and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What I see right here is a group of people doing life together. And I think that that's another big purpose of the church, not only to train up, but to do life together. Because what do we know about the world, Dylan? Well, the world's a broken place. It's full of sin and evil. Yeah. People who are trying to, you know, pull us away from what God wants for us. And I think that uh, what we're showed here in Acts chapter 2 is in this fellowship of believers is they're together. They're sharing their things. They're... Uh, they're loving one another. They're eating <laughs> eating meals together. Like some of these, yeah, they may be little things, but God wants us to be connected uh, to each other, and He wants us to to grow together. And so, not only to train up, but to continue to do life together. Right, sharing your belongings, whatever that looks like. Right, I think that uh, we could go for days talking about like what those specific things are, but um, togetherness. A nice word that starts with the C that we love to use, community. And I think that that is a lot of what the church is about. Mm -hmm. To train up, to have community. And the last verse of Acts chapter 2 tells us, you know, another, I think, big aspect of the church is praising God, having favor with all the people. And that last sentence, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You think about Matthew chapter 28. Uh, verse 19, to go therefore into all nations and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The church is meant to be a people that train up. They're meant to be people that love one another and do life together. But they're also meant to be people that go out and bring new people in, mm-hmm. right? That that the number would be added to daily, the people who are coming to know Jesus. Simply to make disciples, Dylan. I think um, when we talk about the purpose of the church, I think those are three easy places to start. I'm sure there's a lot more, and I'm sure we could go on and, and figure out a lot more things, but man, for us, uh, as you guys as students who are listening, or even adults who are listening, like three important things you can just remember is like, I go to church, the purpose of my church is to do these things, to train me up, to do life with these people, and to make disciples. If you run into a church and they're not doing any of those things, I would probably 
<laughs> turn tail and run the other way to win New Zealand. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, um, I'm going to turn it on you, Dylan. I'm going to ask okay. you a question. I want, I want to ask you the next question okay. and just get your, your immediate thoughts, and then we'll, we'll jump into a little scripture on it. But what do you think is the importance of, of being in the church, or maybe by your own personal experience, what yeah. has been the importance of being in the church for you? Mm-hmm. Well... I think there's so much importance to being in the church. I think the easiest example I can come up with right now is like community. The community is very necessary uh, to being um, a Christian. Kind of what you're saying, like the church is a people. Um, and so in order to be part of the church, you have to be part of the people. And so there's that necessity of having that community. Um, also, it's like accountability and training, like training can come in the form of accountability training can come in obstacles training can come in many ways but you need to be you need to have that community and you need to have uh, the training that is provided by that community um, I think those are I think those are the two first and foremost importance that I see of being in the church also uh, just gathering for worship like love God and love others I think that's the two key points in my life <laughs> Charlotte has joined the Anomaly Students podcast uh, she's sitting here. So if you hear any baby noises, don't be alarmed. <laughs> it's my daughter. It's not me. It is not me. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not Dylan. So yes, I think those are great reasons to be in the church, Dylan. Um, two things. One, all right, to be a part of the body of believers, right? Um, I think Byron said yesterday in his sermon in Ephesians, he was talking about uh, like we are not meant to be lone rangers, right? Like, we kind of glorify that hero who goes out and does it by himself, but the reality is, like, that is not God's design for us to do life alone. No, God's design for us is for us to be in community and for us to do this thing together. So I wanted to read two verses, two little uh, excerpts from Scripture, the first being in Hebrews. Um, in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verse 24 and 25, it says this, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The author of Hebrews tells us here that, man, it's important for us to stir one another up. Like, it's hard to get, like, hype for a football game all by yourself, right? You and your team, they start getting excited, you know, pumping each other up. Like, if you're trying to do it all by yourself, like, you're not going to get as excited. Think about even trying to play a football game by yourself, right? That's like, how you die. Oh, yeah. One <laughs> on 11 is not going to work. So, like, being in community, it's part of being, a, like, a Christian. Mm-hmm. Part of being a Christian is part of being a part of a team. So, like, any sport organization you're in where you have a, a team and people that you're working together with, like, think of Christianity in the same way, where we are supposed to work together to accomplish a goal, uh, for the sake of Christ. And if we're trying to do it alone, we're missing the point. Yeah. And then if I turn over to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, uh, it tells us this. Whoops, I was in the wrong page, but here we go. 4, 9 through 12 tells us, two are better than one. This is one of those other ones that's read at weddings a lot, right? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. But if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So the, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 tells us that it is important for us to be together. 
if we fall by ourselves, it's hard to get back up. But that's what the church does, mm-hmm. right? If if we you know if we make a mistake or if we're just having a hard time, it's important that the church be around to help us, you know, get back on our feet and continue serving how God has intended us to. Yeah. Dylan, what uh, for yourself? What has been something about the church? Just like a personal question for you. Yeah. What has been something about the church? that uh, you've kind of found your spot in? Like, what is your role in the church? What's a place that you have kind of found to fit in? And, and what did it take for you to get there? Man, that's an intimate question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I kind of grew up coming to the church, and so I'd seen service in a lot of ways and just um, a lot of roles. And I think that right now... My role in the church is to be a member, um, and what I mean by that is like I'm here and I'm present, but I'm not just a consumer. I'm also like meeting with others, going to discipleship groups with others, studying with others, and uh, when someone needs help, help them. Um, my role right now at HFBC is uh, I'm an intern, and so like my job is to be like your little assistant like (laughs) like my job is to just help and just be present and and whenever i'm needed and so like i kind of i see that as my role not only as an intern but just as a member in general like be present in the lives of others and be available if they need anything (laughs) yeah so that moves us i guess into our last question yeah um which is, you know, what is your role in the church? Yeah. Um, for a lot of you students, I think that you're like, oh, I'm not grown up yet. Like, I don't have a way to serve. I don't have a way to, to do things. But, I mean, just a couple of days ago, uh, on Saturday morning, we had a couple of students show up and, uh, and work at our breakthrough house yeah. and help out there. And that's eventually going to be something that serves, like, the women of our community who are recovering. And I think that it's important that we would realize like hey, there are totally uh, opportunities for you no matter what stage you're in no matter what maturity you're in for you to serve the church yeah. um, to physically come and tear up some floors like you don't have to have like a ton of scripture memorized in order to do that it's oh, just yeah, something sure. you do out of the goodness of your heart like people who don't even know Jesus show up and do things like that <laughs> sometimes you know so I think that uh, like there's always some way for you to serve and mm-hmm. if you're seeking it you're going to find it yeah. Um, we're going to go to Romans chapter four, chapter chapter twelve, not chapter fourteen, and we're going to talk about uh, some spiritual gifts. Everything's okay. Charlotte pulled the keyboard off. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but we're going to go to Romans chapter twelve, and we're going to look at some spiritual gifts and uh, what Paul uh, is writing about here to the church in Rome. He says this: For as in one body we have many members, so right, your body has arms and legs and all sorts of different parts. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in their teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who acts with mercy and cheerfulness. Paul lists a whole bunch of different gifts here, and I encourage you to go look at them and, and see maybe what God has for you. But, but what Paul is saying is that, man, the body of Christ is made up of a lot of different people, right? It's made up of a lot of different um, people with different abilities, different uh, things that they're passionate about. And 
each of us can use our own passions to serve the church. I, I think about like J. Mike, right? Yeah. Uh, when when I, when I read this, you know, I was like, J. Mike is a guy who loves kids, loves sports, all right, and he's really active. And so when I have J. Mike come and be a youth sponsor, I know that he's going to fit in really well and love on those kids really well mm-hmm. who love sports, love being active, love running around and having a good time. Yeah. Whereas I may not be able to keep up in the same way that J. Mike can. Yeah. So, like, J. Mike is using his gifts and his abilities in the way that he can. You know, only he can do his thing that way, right? There are people who are really gifted at teaching and being Sunday school teachers and people who are really gifted at uh, encouraging others, and they do that. People who love praying. And so they use their their gift of prayer to just be able to, uh, you know, pray and encourage people. Not really from the sidelines. I think prayer is the heart (laughs) of the battle, but you know what I mean? Like, so what about you, Dylan? Like, what are some of the things that that you see uh, in your own life that that might be some of these spiritual gifts that God has given you? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, like, one of my favorite or things that I I would say that it's one of my favorite things to do, but also things that I just think I'm pretty good at is like acts of service. <laughs> Again, kind of like we were talking a minute ago, just like working from the sidelines, kind of thing, being behind the scenes. Um, as far as spiritual gifts goes, like I don't really have anything super dramatic in that area that I can really elaborate on. I don't think. But I, I definitely see myself as someone who uh, works with acts of service and a prayer warrior, I guess I would say. I just, those are just, I guess those are my strengths. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I mean, there's a lot of people who just aren't good at serving, but they're really good at teaching. And that, I think that's a form of service or they're not the greatest at uh, praying. Maybe that's something they struggle with, but they're really good at being present in other people's lives. Like I, I yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in our example, in our context here at Huntington First Baptist, like on a Sunday morning, like this past Sunday, we had a baptism. Yeah. And so the, like the night before, someone comes up to the church and they fill the baptistry with water. Mm-hmm. No one knows that this happens. No one knows that this person exists and come and does this thing. And then that morning, someone comes and they turn on the heater so that, you know, you're not getting baptized in icy cold water. Right. And like... Then someone is up there giving towels to the person coming out of the baptistry. And then after they leave, after they are baptized and they leave and they go back and sit with their family, that person is upstairs wiping the floor down so that no one slips so there isn't water damage. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even know these things that happen, right? But there are so many, like, little uh, things and people who do stuff that, like, help the church operate. Mm-hmm. That helps the church go. We have people who clean. We have people who lead worship, you know? So yeah. all these things come together uh, to to create one, like, whole body mm-hmm. who accomplishes, like, a mission for God. Yeah. Like, we have men in the sound booth, right, who make sure everything sounds okay, run the slides. Like, isn't it nice to know what song or what words you're about to sing, <laughs> right? Like, we don't think about that, but that is, like, a way that people serve and, and love the church. Um, so there's a lot of different ways for you to serve. Uh, even as a student, you just, just ask, tell us what you know, some of your things you love doing are, and Mm -hmm. we can definitely find a spot for you to serve. Yeah. It's really important uh, in the life of a Christian to have a place to serve, have a way to be a part of the body. The last thing that I want to share about the church um, is that none of this is possible without a bridegroom, right? Like we talked about earlier in Ephesians, none of this is possible without Jesus Christ. And 
I think it's really important that we, we make sure that that is the focus of everything we do in the church. Even the guy in the sound booth, the guy who's cleaning up the water after baptism, like they're doing that in service to Jesus Christ, number one, first and foremost. Uh, and in First Peter, in chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, it says this, As you come to him, him being Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones. You're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it says in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, it says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. We are a part of the church with Christ as the foundation. And we are being built into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. Like, it's beautiful that we get to join with Christ in participation in the church, right? Like, Christ doesn't need any of us, right? Remember, like you said earlier, we're broken people. Mm -hmm. The world is full of sin. But Christ chooses to use us, and he's building us up with himself as the foundation. He's building us up into his church. And I think that that is just a beautiful truth to realize. At one point uh, in Matthew, Jesus tells Peter, he says, On this rock I'll build my church, Peter being the rock, mm -hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail. We see just a couple of chapters later, Peter rejects Jesus three times, denies him outright. But Jesus still uses Peter in his brokenness mm -hmm. to lead his sheep. And I think that like, if we will allow ourselves and realize that Christ wants to use us to build his church, mm -hmm. we'll all come together and we'll build something incredible. Now, it won't be as awesome as it will be in heaven as it is here on earth, but no matter who you are, no matter uh, what your gift is, no matter what your past experience is, Christ wants to use you to build the church. Um, and man, we thank you guys so much for listening to the Anomaly Student Podcast. This this week was really good talking about the church. And you know, I was as pre in preparation for this, I was like, we could do three more episodes on the church and have a million guests, and we could never really get to the bottom of what the church fully is. But I hope that this was just good for you as like some basics of like this is who we are, um, this is what we do, uh, this is the purpose of the church, right? And then maybe a little help finding your own role in the church. Uh, it's been great talking all this week. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Uh, hit us up on uh, you know, my email or Instagram, whatever you want to, uh, if you have any questions or thoughts or comments. I'm so glad y'all listened in this week. Uh, that's all from me. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in to next episode and tune in to the previous episodes if you haven't already.